good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning. And I trust you are finding God's grace and strength to help you cope with the circumstances that we are all called to endure for one another's good. For Gwyneth and I, the only thing that we miss most is fellowship, whether it's church, family, and others, and just getting out, although I do need a haircut. Nevertheless, we can still stand at all times in the assurance of God's work. In the last verse of the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We praise God for that. And so maybe you can ask God today to make the reality of his presence real to you whenever you may feel discouraged during these trying times. Well, we're nearing the end of our series, uh, Values that Build Lives and Churches. We have just two more uh, subjects to go, but before continuing, I want to take a little time to re-emphasize why I believe these messages are important for you and for me in our walk with the Lord and for Transformation Church. You may ask, why put so much emphasis on these values or life principles? Probably the short answer is because they are the principles and building blocks of a Christian life that are rooted in God's Word. And because the more they are evident in our lives, the more empowered we are to live lives that are honoring and glorifying to God. Yes, I believe they are empowering principles. You see, every time we make a deliberate decision to apply the Word of God in our lives, we, we release its power in us and through us. Jesus said, didn't he, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verse 31, and the message translation says this, Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples, for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will free you. In verse 36 he says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free through and through. You may be more familiar with the translation which says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, the truth that Jesus is talking about here is active truth, the truth that is at work in and through us. Not simply acquired mind knowledge or even intellectual understanding or comprehension. A truth that becomes embedded in the heart and mind through the work of the Holy Spirit that results in active obedience which then results in the truth becoming practically applied to an overwork and outwork in our lives. It is in this way that we become empowered by God so we are to live overcoming victorious lives that will have an impact on those around and about us and that will bring glory to God. That is my prayer for you and for me today. That as we will complete this series of messages and see each of those building blocks find an application 
in each of our lives we will become transformed, empowered Christians. And that together we will become a transformed and empowered church that's going to have an impact on people and on our community around and about us. Just quickly looking back at those building blocks we have already considered, there's a message for all. With anyone who finds that, uh, an ungrateful spirit, anyone who's living with a sense of incompleteness, anyone living with no sense of purpose, anyone with no, living really just to receive and not give or, or to be served and not serve. Praise God this morning, as we've already found out in the Word of God through studying those subjects, Jesus, uh, God says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We can be set free from all those negative conditions in our lives. So let's, let's then turn to today's theme, honoring God and other people. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read... Uh, 1 to 13, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It's a long portion, but, but the parts to focus on will be on your screens. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable that is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of others, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In this grace, God has given us different gifts for doing different, certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Verse 10 in the English Standard Version says this, Outdo one another in showing honor. New King James Version says this, in honor, giving preference to one another. The NIV says, honor one another above yourselves. In the context, of course, Paul is giving instruction on how believers are to relate to another 
in the church. And it's clear that for Paul, the church fellowship is not to be a place for personal ambition and promotion. It's not the place to enforce one's will or ideas on others. Honoring one another is actually an essential element for the proper functioning of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the functioning of the body of Christ. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, we're going to read from the message version. And we're going to be maybe just going from one section of it to another, but we start off with verse 1. This is what, what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit works, gets worked into our lives. Verse 4, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Holy Spirit. Verse 7, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Part of verse 12. You can easily... Sorry. Verse 12. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of one spirit, we are all said <clears throat> goodbye to our partial and peaceful lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. Amen. Amen. I want you to think, verse 14, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant not less. The body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Verse 19. I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Amen. You are Christ, verse 27, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. Going back to the beginning of Romans chapter 12, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. When Paul says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another, he actually sees it as part of our call to worship. Another thing to note is that before Paul laid out the challenge, he also identified for us the reality that we face. We will only be able to rise to meet the challenges if we have transformed minds. Now this is what this way of living is contrary to the natural and regenerated mind. Paul says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So let's look at this word honor for a little while. Um, the Bible, sorry, the 
dictionary says uh, it means respect, it means admiration, it means that we venerate or revere someone, we value something. Now, as we've already said, this doesn't come naturally. We don't do this naturally. But it means that uh, when we honor someone, we, we, we acknowledge that that person uh, adds value to me. And it means I have to adjust my attitude and behavior towards others, especially my brothers and sisters in Christ. To honor one another in this way often means we have to go out of our way or put aside our own desires. Finding ways to relate and interact with one another in the body of Christ. And so we're going to look at some ways in how we can meet the challenge of living this way. Uh, first of all, in our uh, title it says, Honoring God and Others. I'm only going to look briefly this morning at the subject of honoring God. It's a big subject, and um, it's not because it's not important, because I believe our biggest challenge is our day-to-day uh, practical relationships in the body, and honoring one another in a, as a way of honoring God. If we succeed in honoring one another, we will, by extension, be honoring God. Um where God says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So, in a broad sense, okay, um, I want to suggest to you that the way we honor God is to uh, seek to do his will in everything. We talked about, in previous uh, subject, we talked about the importance of uh, making God the number one uh, purpose, the number one priority in our lives. Putting God first in our lives. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And so that is a broad way in which we honor God in our lives, in our day-to-day life. So I'm just going to leave that there and uh, leave that with you. But I'm going to go on to the four practical things which I believe are important if we are to honor one another. And this is where the rubber meets the road in our day-to-day fellowship with one another. Four things that I believe we must overcome and that require that we change from our old ways to God's ways if we are to grow in honoring one another. The first thing we must do, we must learn to value one another based on the value God puts on all of us. I suppose that, uh, in a practical sense it means that when, when I'm faced with a situation where maybe uh, there, there's someone that, uh, that uh, I'm having difficulty getting along with, I need to ask myself, I need to stop and ask myself, how does God value that person? How does God value that person? And of course, uh, we uh, have to admit that God loves that person as much as he loves me. Even although I can't get on along with that person, God loves that person. And it means I have to recognize that person's worth based on how God accepts that person. In Romans chapter 12, and we're reading from the uh, message version, it says this, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibility in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace is important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. 
the only accurate way to understand ourselves. This is the Word of God. It is the, the um, uh, message version, verse 3 through 4, says the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for Him. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way round. Then, uh, moving on, uh, later on it says, So since we find ourselves fashioned into these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Praise God. So, we have to learn to value other people, even the ones we can't get along with, not based, and we have to honor them, not based on our values, but on how God has valued them. Secondly, we must overcome any insecurity about our own value. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. In, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 30, it says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Oh, praise God for that. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Praise God. Praise God for the fact that we can have confidence in the fact, not of who we are in our own sense of righteousness, but that we are covered by God's righteousness through the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And also, as we've just read, we are complete through our union with Christ. That ought to give us confidence. That ought to take away any sense of, of, of any lack and any of our own value and our own worth, which sometimes can uh, be a hindrance uh, in, in reaching out to others and honoring others. Next and third point I want to make is this. We must overcome selfishness. Wow. Um, we live in a day when it's all about me. It's all about my rights. It's all about uh, what I can do and, and, and being all that I want to be, and so on and so on. You know, all these all these sort of uh, uh, comments that uh, essentially talk about uh, the selfishness of the of the human heart. Okay, uh, and this is probably the one of the most difficult things we have to overcome in our relationships with one another in the body of Christ. Um, we all want our own attention. We all want it our own way. It's all about me. Well, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, uh, in the message says this, Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had clinged to the advantages of that status, no matter what. When the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity, 
and took on the status of a slave, became human. And having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredible, humbling experience. He didn't claim special privilege. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that of crucifixion. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. The NFT says this, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read this, Rejoice with those who rejoice, even if they have more successes than you do. And mourn with those who mourn, even if you have not been treated that way yourself. Amen. We must overcome selfishness. Lastly, we must overcome indifference and laziness. Wow. Something that maybe we wouldn't think about in relation to this subject. Romans chapter 12, again going back to Romans chapter 12 in verse 10 and 11, NLT says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. See, we can be lazy about working at our relationships with one another. Um, I just go to church and I just, I, I just go there I, for you know the time of worship. I just go there to learn, listen to the message, and I'm not going to work at fellowship with one another. I'm not going to do, put any effort into that. You know, that's being lazy. And the Word of God says we're not to be lazy about uh, fellowshipping with one another and and and, and uh, honoring one another. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples: Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I'm going to just leave you with those four items, those four challenges. The, one, the first challenge of looking at others, not based on our own sense of human values, but based on God's value for that person. Secondly, that we, we are confident in who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Fourthly, that we, we work at overcoming selfishness. And, and, and uh, fourthly, that we put effort into fulfilling the principles that God wants us to put into our lives. Okay. So I want to close by encouraging everyone to make a commitment to seeking God's strength today. God's strength to enable you to live out a life that honors God and other people, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Will you pray with me? We thank you, Father, that there is nothing that you ask us to do in your word for which there is no provision in you to help us overcome. We especially thank you for the Holy Spirit who has come according to your word to lead us into all truth. We thank you for your word which tells us that it is through Christ's strength in us that we can do all things. We come to you therefore right now and ask for your supernatural strength 
to overcome all human weaknesses that hold us back from fulfilling the commands of your word. May we individually and as a church rise up as a people that love and honour one another so that we can be a witness to the world that we are your disciples. We pray this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.